Welcome aboard, folks. This is Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record here on Radio Nope. It is Tuesday night, January 11th. How did it get to be January 11th? Do I always just talk about stuff like that? Just like, how did it get to be this day? Or old and tired and yeah and i do i do totally always just talk about that stuff so never mind hey how's it going how's the new year treating you now that it's a now it's over a week old it's not actually new anymore it's a little worn in it's kind of like you know that pair of socks that felt really good the first time you put them on then you washed them and you were like shit Tricked once again by the magic of, uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't have, like, coherent thoughts tonight, folks. Just, I don't. I had a super long work day. Super, super long work day. I wasn't in this chair. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I care about you. <laughs> I was just totally muddled and messed up. Anyway, I got no theme. I got music. I'm gonna play some. How's that sound? Does that sound like a good idea? I think it sounds like a good idea. This is Credence.
Hope.
That's T-Rex on the public record with Buick McCain. Before that, ELO with 105.38 Overture. So, okay, to me, that song is the perfect example of the high-concept version of ELO, like the the band that Jeff Lynne and Roy Wood from The Move started was a was a high concept like a high concept hollywood movie and if you're not sure what that means um like basic high concept is uh, it has to do with how a pitch goes like how you're trying to sell your movie to the studio so instead of going in and like telling the whole story high concept is you walk in the meeting and you say the title snakes on a plane starring samuel l jackson like that's the ultimate high concept right there. I don't need to know anything else about that movie to know that what it's going to be and then I could probably make money off of it. The high concept, the pitch, if there was a pitch meeting creating ELO, um it was let's make a band that is based on the song by the Beatles Eleanor Rigby. That's it. And and later iterations of ELO become further more sophisticated and more interesting. But that from you know one of their first records is very clearly like just adhering to that concept very very closely. So there you go. And I love that. I, I love that. Deep Purple did "Woman from Tokyo." Um, that's another one of those songs where you have you, you know the name of the song because it gets. Re- repeated in the chorus like over and over and over and over and over again five minutes worth of that so yeah and Creedence Clearwater Revival with Sinister Purpose a song hardly anybody ever plays so I thought I would play it so there you go every once in a while I need to be reminded that Creedence rocks and that I like it and I should go as a as a member of the East Bay uh, tribe tribal alliance I need to go and support my peeps um, you know, before there was Green Day coming out of the East Bay Hills, you had CCR. So there you go. I am Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. It is Tuesday, the 11th of January. 11th of January. We are 11 days into 2022. That is so weird. I'm just having a really hard time with this whole passage of time thing. It really bothers me. It just bothers me. I inspected eight buildings today. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, My wife and I have a running joke because we watch um, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I'm not proud. It's, 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 it's candy floss and it's, it's garbage. It is, I mean, it is garbage. But it's sometimes very entertaining to watch people just melt down for no reason. Also to watch people be incredibly hopeful in the face of uh, the certainty that their hopefulness is not going to bear fruit. Um, I don't know why I enjoy that, but I do. Anyway, there was one season, several seasons back, where they had a, a woman who was on there who, who just, whenever she became emotional, she said, <laughs> it's a lot. And it's hard. And... We thought that was hilarious, so it has become a household catchphrase. Anytime anything is remotely unpleasant, it's a lot, and it's hard. So there you go. So anyway, so I'm on this this group, this Facebook group, with these 
like people who argue about sports or, you know, roadhouse or whatever. And somebody posts that like Asia's debut album came out 20 years ago this week. Ah, no. Ah, I am not that old. God, 20, no, not 20. It wasn't 20 years ago. It was 40 years ago. So yeah. And I saw them. I went to see them with my buddy, Rob. We went to see them when they came through on tour uh, and they played the Warfield theater and, um, <laughs> okay. You got, um, Carl Palmer from ELP. You have Steve Howe from Yes. John Wetton, who was in King Crimson and Atomic Rooster and a bunch of other prog rock bands. And Jeff Downs, who was in The Buggles and then Yes. It's in, and in they were like a prog rock super group. But they were very like song-oriented and catchy and commercial. And it was so funny because you would think the audience wouldn't be like clued in but no like people just went oh steve howe and carl palmer in a band i'm gonna buy tickets and they bought tickets apparently before they'd heard the record and then before the band started playing like the the room just turned into a bong and and i remember rob and i just thinking have they listened to this record and then we just like spent the whole show looking and watching people not not having a good trip (laughs) And it was a really good show. They were they were fantastic live, um, but uh, definitely not music to um, get stoned to. That being said, uh, I gotta play something off it because it's forty years forty years old. Uh, uh, uh. Right, I'll get to the music and shut up.
Satan, and I listen to Radio Nope.
Queens of the Stone Age with The Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. Whatever you do, don't tell anyone. Hawkwind before that with some uh, old school stoner rock. Assault and Battery slash The Golden Void from The Mighty Wind. Um, I still think it's funny that Lemmy got kicked out of that band, a band notorious for their um, excessive drug use. He got kicked out for using too many drugs to be in Hawkwind. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite rock and roll stories. Uh, speaking of awesome bass players, Getty Lee before that with my favorite headache from his 2000 solo album. This is an album that so many people don't even know exists. It's like Getty Lee made a solo record like before Rush was done, before Neil Peart died. Yeah. He did in 2000. Um, and, and there's all, yeah. And, and there's all manner of like stuff online you can read about making that record. The really cool thing to me is Matt Cameron playing the drums on there from uh, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Um, Matt's a great drummer, like phenomenal. And, you know, one of the things about being Getty Lee is, uh, when you've spent years playing alongside the greatest, rock and roll drummer ever um you're probably not going to be all that comfortable with some schlub in the chair so that big tip of the cap to uh matt cameron there like like if if getty said to me hey i think you're a good enough drummer to play on my solo record i would poop myself to death i don't know yeah anyway (laughs) i don't know why why i went there that's where I went. Uh, Asia, Cutting It Fine, from their debut album, which came out 40... <coughs> 40 years ago. 40. 40. 40. 40 years ago. I am not old enough to have a record today came out that's 40 years old. Oh, God. Damn it. <sighs> 
so actually it's kind of funny um you know in the wake of of like betty white's passing like people were sharing all this stuff about betty white and then somebody like throws up this meme that's like hey you do you realize that the women in uh and just like that the uh sequel series to sex in the city are older than the women who were the women who acted in the golden girls were when that show came out it just like goes into this whole bucket of wow people are not aging like they used to at all and and okay so funny like contrary point my wife and i talk about this all the time because we'll like see some like a couple man and woman out and like try and guess their age and and clearly they're not as old as we are like they're not in their 50s and they look like they've been road hard and put away wet like just beaten down and and you think how does that happen to some people and it doesn't happen to others and 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 somebody's going to say oh clean living i'm like seriously you should have hung out with me in my 20s and 30s cuz no <laughs> and I'm not saying that I look like a spring chicken, but I don't look like a dried up old piece of fruit. Um, I don't know. Although my hip hurts. <laughs> I could make that a new feature on this show. I could just talk about the various parts of me that hurt. How's that sound? That's what I'll do the next time somebody feels the need to tell me that some record that I bought in the record store as a kid, but not that young of a kid. Uh, it's 40 years old. My God. God damn it. Anyway, I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. Thank you for tuning in. Whether you are tuned in live to the broadcast across the ether or you are picking this up on a podcasting platform of your choice after the fact. doesn't really matter to me. I don't, I don't really care. Thank you. Thanks for listening. That's what I care about. Hey, and you know, it's uh, we're two weeks into uh, 2022, and I've, I've done two live shows. So, doing better than December. I'm going to just play some more music. Uh, this is like an obscure like old R&B to- song, and it's really cool, so I'm going to play it. This is Bobby Parker.
That's John Lennon with Cold Turkey. Ah, so much I love about that song and have since I was a kid. Um, The drums are so dry, so incredibly dry. Like there's no, there's no ambience to them at all. It's just thud, tap, thud, tap. And, and I just remember how much that song, the drums and the bass stood out on the radio and my stereo as a kid like just blew my mind and then that ending bit was one of the first things one of the first records I had where I had to like make sure I did not play it when my mother was home because she of course had I mean I didn't really understand like now I get it it's it's all about you know going cold turkey from heroin I get it now and I understand that's incredibly painful and the whole thing is like a you know simulation of of the anxiety and the the pressure and the tension that you feel going through that something that John Lennon had experienced so he wrote a song about it and I didn't really get that when I was a kid I just got that it was really intense and kind of like shocking and titillating and um just absolutely knew my mother would freak like she would not be okay with me listening to a song that had that extended thing that she would no doubt interpret as some kind of like weird orgasmic thing and the be further evidence that I needed needed to be sent to a camp um <laughs> not joking um so yeah just you know headphone time for me or when nobody's home was when I played that record back then. Before that, Jimi Hendrix with his cover of Killing Floor. That's live from the Monterey Pop Festival. Um, Pretty intense to figure that that's 1967 um, and nothing, no no other music sounded like that in 1967. So I, I... I think I've had on my list of like, okay, you're going to give me the power to snap my fingers and travel back in time to witness something kind of epic and remarkable. And on my list is I want to be at Monterey Pop and I want to see Hendrix and I want to see the crowd. I want to stand there and watch the audience react to this thing. They had no idea what they were getting, right? There were like a handful of people in that audience hip to what was coming and like, Mostly no. Um, that would be great. Great people watching. I mean, I'd love to watch see Hendrix play. That would have been amazing. But also just to like turn and look at the crowd and, and watch people's minds getting blown. Uh, always one of my favorite things. Um, before that, Santana with, speaking of minds being blown, Santana with uh, Hope You're Feeling Better from the Abraxas album. Um, still blows my mind that the drummer on that record, Michael Shreve, was like a teenager. It's like one of the greatest, one of the greatest rock drummers of the seventies. And the guy just basically just bowed out after he played in Santana for a while. He just like went, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, And then came back for a little while. And then, and as far as I know now, he's just like, you know, just a dude that, that does not play music other than for fun, which I can totally respect. Um, and you know, great Greg Raleigh on vocals and, and organ on that song. Just that's, that's a fan freaking tastic album. Bob Seger and the silver bullet band with feel like a number, um, in my, it's in my top three. 
<laughs> hey man, yeah, I'll give it a number. It's in the top three. I'm not disclosing which number it falls in under those three, but yeah. Uh, Neil Diamond, otherwise known as the Jewish Elvis, with Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show. Um, I was doing the shuffle thing um, on Spotify, and that song came up, and I was like, oh, I gotta play that. And for years, I like if I heard Neil Diamond, I'm just like, yeah, gagged. Because my stepfather was very fond of Neil, the greatest hits album of Neil Diamond's um, that came out in the late 70s. And it was his one of his three go-to albums when he decided he was going to finish a bottle of Canadian Club in one night. And that meant multiple playings of both sides of the LP, which was basically intolerable um, to my young mind. Um, but then I grew out of that and actually I credit, uh, Richie Booker, who was the, uh, bass player in the Winona Riders band that I played in for a while. Um, we are on tour. Um, everybody got a turn on the, putting a cassette in the stereo in the van. Uh, it was just rotation. You know, everybody took a turn. Driver got to go first. Uh, driver also had veto power. If you're driving and you're like, no, you could eject the tape and tell the person they got to pick a different one. But, um, yeah. And so Rich like puts in, he's driving and nobody can veto the driver's selections. He's driving and he sticks in Neil Diamond tape. And I'm just like, ah, and Richie actually over the course of about a week of kind of repeatedly playing that and talking me through it, he convinced me that uh, I had a personal thing against Neil Diamond that didn't have anything to do with how I felt about the music, and I needed to re-examine that. And so I did, and then I was like, yeah, I don't love this. It's not my favorite stuff, but some of this stuff is cool. And that song's cool. At the top of that set was Bobby Parker with Watch Your Step. And that's like um, obscure early 1960s R&B tune. So there you go. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record here on Radio Nope. (sighs) I got more music to play, so I'm going to get to that. Um, So I did a show, I think I did a show last year about one-hit wonders, and I know I played these guys. Um, Vapors had like one of the one-hittiest one-hit wonders ever, the song Turning Japanese. And like a friend of mine, a guy I used to play in a band with who now lives in London um he was after he'd moved he was going out to shows and seeing bands and one of the shows he went to see was the vapors I'm like oh my god they're still playing and I messaged him I'm like hey man did I just play turning Japanese over and over again or what and he's like no go check him out and so I did and I found out oh my god they should have had more than one hit they're kind of cool this is the vapors with news at 10 <laughs> So 
psychedelic furs with the ghost in you uh over the weekend like um one of the channels many channels that uh we have that's like part of our cable package we noticed they've been showing uh the john hughes movie some kind of wonderful over and over and over again and at some point it just like locked into where we had nothing to do and uh kind of wanted to just 
veg and we watched it and I was like, yeah, wow. Ah, John Hughes movies. Although some kind of wonderful is like the movie John Hughes. I am convinced the movie he made to make up for the horrible crime he committed with Pretty in Pink. And what's the crime in Pretty in Pink? That the cool quirky girl ends up with the wrong guy at the end, right? So the the fix is basically some kind of wonderful as the same story just with the girl and the guy switched and the guy ends up with the right girl at the end. And then, you know, if you were John Hughes, you could do that, right? Because the guy was a cash register for Hollywood in the 80s. So um, he's like, oh, yeah, my fans are really, really angry about the last movie I made. I'm going to make it again. <laughs> and I'm going to have it end the way they wanted it to end. Um, so... There you go. But that movie made me like the soundtrack and everything made me think about all of these songs. And so like I played Psychedelic First, Ghost in You, Wired Train, Chamber of Hellos, Red Rockers with China. You know, that just felt John Hughesy. John Hughesy soundtrack E kind of deal, Daily Bob. Um before that, uh Buzzcocks with Everybody's Happy Nowadays, Stranglers with newer Stranglers, so non Hugh Cornwell Stranglers which I rarely play, but that's a good one, this song. And uh, Vapors with News at 10 started us off. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. I'm going to be out of here relatively soon. I don't think... I'm I'm reasonably convinced I will not be coming back on the mic before, uh, before the show's out. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to just go out with more music and hopefully see you here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Um, tell your friends. <laughs> All right. I've been dying to play this one for, for ages. Like this has been sitting in my, I got to play this on my show queue for a very long time. This is the mighty zap. <laughs> Burning 
Yeah.
mission, don't be slow. Oh, no, no, no. Drawings. 